For today's podcast, I'm going to be interviewing three summer interns here at the Crop Life America Association and let them tell you about where they came from, why they're here, and what they're doing. And so uh, I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashlyn Beninga. I am the communications intern here at Crop Life America. I go to school at Iowa State University, and I'm originally from Harrisburg, South Dakota. Hi there, my name is Josie Montanay, and this summer I'm serving as the government relations intern here at Crop Life America. So I'm originally from Ohio, and I'm currently a student at Ohio State University studying ag communications and public management leadership and policy. Hello, I'm Mackenzie Carvalho. I'm from Northern California and attend Oklahoma State University. I am a science and regulatory affairs and communications intern here at Crop Life America this summer. Great. So um, let's talk about how you got into this whole area. What led you to where you have ended up here this summer? Absolutely. So I grew up in town. I was a town kid until I was a sophomore in high school when my mom married my stepdad and we moved to his farm in northwest Iowa. So from there, I grew up on a beef cattle feedlot and row crop operation where we grew corn and soybeans. And that, along with my involvement in 4-H and FFA and showing cattle, um, really sparked my interest in agriculture and from there I knew that I wanted to do things uh, relevant to not only protecting our farms, our farmers um, through policy work but also communicating what the agriculture industry is doing to change and grow as we move forward. That's good because that needs definitely needs to be out there and communicated. Very so. important. <laughs> I think kind of on a similar path as far as the 4-H and FFA background that Ashlyn was hitting on, um, I didn't grow up on a farm, but came from a very rural community. Um, kind of my unconventional route to agriculture was both of my parents are wildlife biologists. So I really started mm. off more with the kind of wildlife management, natural resources um, sphere that I grew up in, but then started showing market goats at my local county fair. Um, once I was in high school, I joined FFA pretty quickly and decided my freshman year of high school that I wanted to work in ag policy and now about to enter my senior year of college. That hasn't quite changed. Um, so kind of on the similar strain as what Ashlyn had said, really saw the gap where there was in communicating the story of agriculture, the needs of farmers, um, originally the consumers, and then kind of as I had a little bit more experience working in some legislative work, I realized that I thought my niche was really expressing those things to policymakers. So that's kind of what put me on the government relations track. Um, I work for government relations back at Ohio State University for their ag college. So it's just a great path to be on getting to communicate that story to policymakers and kind of the tie-in between consumers and policymakers has been a neat aspect of this summer to dive into. So I grew up in a very rural community in Northern California, and my family had a dairy, um, rice, walnuts, almonds, and um, kind of a little bit of everything that's grown in that region of California. Um, so I had a little bit of background in that when I was, um, and then I joined, similar to both Ashlyn and Josie, 4-H and FFA, and kind of got to start my own projects with raising swine and lambs. And then going to college, I decided to major in ag business and ag communications to kind of learn more of what the needs of the industry are and how we can portray those needs to the public and get their support, um, which I've learned in college that that's a lot of policymakers. So that's kind of where my um, passion for ag policy came into play. 
And I look forward to kind of continuing that path, um, especially everything that I've learned at CropLife this summer and utilizing that to really inform people of what the ag industry needs in order to move forward as an industry. That's great. Boy, I'm looking forward to when starting now that, that you guys are all out there doing this communication thing, because I, I totally agree with you. that It's important, partly just because so few people are actually involved in farming. So, okay. So like what's a day-to-day activity kind of thing that you do as a summer intern in case there's somebody who's wondering about doing that someday? Yeah, I guess I'll start. So my morning always starts with reading my newsletters that I get in my email, which I think we can all relate to. You kind of, everything changes and everything happens so quickly, especially here in DC. Um, You kind of have to be up to date to be able to have informed conversations. So I definitely start my morning with coffee and reading my newsletters. And then everything is very dependent on whatever project we're working on. So um, yesterday we got to go to a filming of a video that we will produce about the use of pesticides. So that was something new that we'd never done before, but it was definitely something really interesting. But most day to day is attending different meetings, as they relate to what comms is doing to help out other departments. And then one of the big projects me and Mackenzie have been working on is updating all of the resources we give out to not only member companies, to the pub, but also to the public. Um, so we create infographics and do some research for social media posts on what is new and innovative in the agriculture space and what pesticides are doing involving in that, as well as all the other new technology that is being introduced to the industry. Okay. Yeah, and so over in the GR department, um, also coffee to start today <laughs> is the necessity. I'm kind of the lifeblood around here. Um, working in government relations, it looks really different depending on what's happening that day. Um, some days it'll just be a lot of making spreadsheets, trying to track different contributions people are making and making sure that we're really well documented on everything we kind of have through the revolving door that is the GR world. Um, Other days it's scheduling meetings with congressional offices, Um, attending those meetings every two weeks. We have a Monday afternoon that we get to go and sit in on Hill meetings. Um, So doing a lot of work researching FIFRA, um, looking into those different regulatory statutes that underpin the work that we do here um, is what majority of my day looks like. So it's a lot of in and out of the office, a lot of Hill meetings, um, meeting with other like federal affairs specialists um, here in the city. So it looks really different depending on the day, but kind of the underpinning is keeping track of, you know, the different bills that are going through the house, the hearings that are happening, um, who's saying what, what's happening, trying to keep a little bit of a thumb on those different issues that are rotating through. But I think definitely one of my favorite parts about being the government relations intern is the flexibility as far as getting to go to those Hill meetings a lot, interacting with other people in the industry. I know that's been really beneficial. We sit in on some of these meetings and it takes it outside just the Crop Life America spectrum. So we're also meeting with grower groups and manufacturers. And for me, that's been super beneficial, seeing kind of the science that goes into these regulations, but then also how they're being utilized in real time, whether that's by meeting with the wheat growers or pest management, whatever that may look like for the day. Okay. So just to kind of echo Ashlyn and Josie, um, my day-to-day schedule looks pretty similar to Ashlyn's with kind of catching up on everything that's going on in the ag industry um, and paying particular attention to how it impacts the pesticide industry 
and their opportunity to help farmers and ranchers produce the crops that we all rely on. Um, but I think one thing to kind of touch on that is kind of unique about being an intern in D.C. over the summer is that you really get to emerge yourself and everything that's going on in ag policy. Um, it would be easy to kind of sit back and read everything that's going on online or on social media. But being in D.C. and getting to go to these hearings in person, um, get to go to meetings from all different industry sectors, as well as get to know other interns and um, young professionals, especially that can kind of help jumpstart your career in ag policy um, has been an incredible takeaway and something that I know I wouldn't have gotten to experience had I not come out here this summer. Um, but it's an incredible learning opportunity. And especially in our internship this summer, we have the opportunity to do a lot of research, which is um, a very important skill to learn how to do while you're in college in order to really contribute um, to your career long term. So that's something that I've really enjoyed getting to do this summer and really learning what materials producers and consumers need in order to um, kind of form their opinions and educate others has been a big aspect of working in the comms department. Right. Well, and it's kind of an interesting time for you guys to be involved in agriculture because between the weather issues and uh, certain tariffs and trade barriers <laughs> and things, trade wars. It's actually kind of a rough time for ag. Is that something that you're kind of hearing? Is it like when you're on the hill or talking to people? Yeah, I think especially sitting on some of these hill meetings, um, even the offices that might not have a presence in ag communities or rural America, it's kind of hard to turn a blind eye to it anymore. And I know that's mm. something we talk about a lot is as the political tides are changing, so is the work that we have to do as an organization. Um, so it's a lot of going into offices and saying, hey, we know that you might not have a single, you know, large scale farm in your district, but people are still wearing clothes and people are still eating. So this is why these <laughs> things matter. Um, people do tend to eat. Yeah. yeah, every once in a while. Right. <laughs> I know that's a lot of the conversations I have with my roommates back home is uh they, we talk a lot about different types of farmings and agriculture and how it impacts people. And they just, if you come from some of these more urban areas, it's hard because you don't see it in your backyard. Um, yeah. So each of you had some touch with agriculture, but I assume when you're in college, do you consider yourself to be kind of unusual in that regard? Or? I would say no, because, especially because well, we all go to land grant universities yeah, that's right. that's in right. ag majors. So I would say we're surrounded by kind of like-minded people, but I think something I've especially learned this summer is to get out of your echo chamber of agriculture and people mm -hmm. that understand what we do and what we're doing. And it's while it's important to talk about our message and what we're doing and how we're innovating to farmers and producers, you also need to talk to people that genuinely don't understand what's going on. Um, don't, And it is hard to explain to people from point A to point B how their food gets to them. And so it's definitely a very interesting narrative to try to explain without physically taking people through the steps and having them help watch from plant to harvest. So right. that's Which definitely... most people never will do, and right? Most people shouldn't have to. I mean, that's the 2% feeding all of us. So that is now our responsibility, and it's just conveying our message and our narrative to where we are at to feed everyone. Right. Yeah. And I think there, of course, over history, have I'm sure in everyone's generation have faced... Um, very big challenges in agriculture, but I think um, kind of in our experience of being in education right now and kind of getting to um, prepare for a career full time is that I think how people get information continues to change and with me, everyone kind of going to the media first to get their information and not necessarily fact checking things. Um, mm -hmm. 
or there can be pros and cons to things of people being more interested because they do hear about it, but also not necessarily allowing the experts to be the ones to present the information first. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of poses a big challenge. And as you mentioned, like tariffs and um, weather and everything like that, people don't necessarily or people might not necessarily seek out information further than the first headline that they read, um, which kind of can pose more challenges, which is something that um, we've kind of been learning this summer in the comms department too, um, which provides an interesting perspective for us as we kind of head back to school in a couple weeks and get the opportunity to kind of focus on that um, component in our studies. Yeah, I think a lot of it too, we're operating in a space where I think a lot of people that were experiencing universities have the privilege of getting to be ignorant about these issues because they still have food on their table every day. So to them, whether the pesticide policy changes or tariffs or things like that, they're not seeing that really impact them in any um, substantial way that a lot of them are aware of. So I don't think I was quite aware of how significant the disconnect was until I pursued a major outside of our ag college and then kind of was like exiting that echo chamber for the first time um, as a 20 year old and being like, wow, people really are unaware of these type of things, um, which is scary, but also a really neat opportunity to talk to people about it. Because I think if you extend the invitation to have a conversation with someone and approach it with, you know, not having an expectation that they're going to be on your side or not having an expectation that they have that knowledge coming in. You can have some really great conversations with people. So I think I've experienced and kind of branching outside of that ag college is where some of the best conversations happen because it's really easy to sit with somebody else who grew up in a town of 600 people like I did and talk about <laughs> the weather and how it impacts crops and why that's scary. But then talking to some of my dear friends on campus now who came from much more urban areas, um, they're great conversations and people want to learn. It's like they do care about their food. And so when you get to be a resource, what a cool way to operate in that space where people are willing to have those conversations. now. No, I agree with you. Uh, I've got to say that every one of my Lyft drivers gets an (laughs) agricultural lecture (laughs) and they're mostly very receptive to it. I I haven't had anybody, you know, who wasn't. Mm -hmm. And and actually, I, I think if, if just that small minority of people who are involved in one way or not with agriculture just talk to random strangers, that might be even more effective than some of the media things that we try to do, uh, like podcasts or, uh, you know, just one-on-one conversations with people um, because everybody can touch a few. You can follow me on Twitter at GrapeDoc, at G-R-A-P-E-D-O-C, and visit my blog at www.popagriculture.com.